Well, good morning. It is Thanksgiving week. Who's excited for some turkey and some gravy and some stuffing? Yeah. Not oyster stuffing. Who does that? I don't know. I don't know why you'd mess up perfectly good stuffing with oyster. Does anybody like oyster stuffing? No? Good. Thank you. My wife says she likes it. I really don't think she does. Uh, anyway, I'm excited and thankful for Thanksgiving. I'll be honest with you, though. Things have been very, very busy lately. Normally, I'm a very thankful and grateful person. I, I write thank you cards and thank you notes to people, but I haven't had time to do that lately. So I was hoping it'd be okay if I write some thank you cards as we get started here this morning because I'm a little bit behind. So, so Emmett, if you could come back out here, uh, uh, Emmett. It was, hey, Emmett, hey, everybody, Emmett Fowler. Hey. Hey, um, we did this like a year ago or so. I, I've just gotten behind again, Emmett, and I'm, I mean to be thankful. I want to have gratitude in my heart, uh, my heart but I, I haven't done that recently by writing thank you cards. So can you write me or can you play for me while I'm writing some thank you card writing theme music? You got something? You got, you got nothing? Maybe. So let me get ready and uh, some, write, write some thank you cards, because I want to be somebody who's thankful, don't you? I know you're very thankful. You, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Look at that. Starting off. Here we go. <clears throat> you ready? Sure. You've got to be in the mood with your, your music, so you've got to be ready to go. Thank you, folding shirt guy, for helping me realize just how bad I am at folding my own laundry. <laughs> I can tell he's really bad at folding his shirt. <laughs> Shut up, Emmett. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll be honest though, I don't usually fold fold my laundry. My wife folds laundry for me because she's she loves me in that way, but but I don't really fold anything. We hang everything. Yeah. I can I hang my t shirts. But who gets excited about folding shirts? That's what that I want to That guy in that, that, that guy video does. Apparently. Maybe some of them bought it. Who knows? Somebody Maybe they do now. Yeah. Alright, let's move on. Let's move on. <clears throat> I got a lot of people to thank. Okay. You can't spend all, all day talking about folding shirt guy. Thank you, Elon Musk, for making a pickup truck that nobody wants to drive unless they happen to be driving on the moon. <laughs> have you seen that truck? <laughs> I have. It's, it's hideous. Why, why would somebody buy that? Okay, I'm just curious. Would anybody actually buy that truck? Be honest, one person. One person in all of Farmington, all of San Juan County. I Nobody in oil and gas wants to drive that Jetsons machine. I saw that in a 1960s sci-fi movie. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But at least the good news is that they, they came out with an ATV that goes with the Tesla truck. So that's kind of exciting. The rims look nice. That's though. something that these people would buy. The truck, I, I don't think so. Uh, by the way, you should go back and watch the, like, the replay. They just they released this truck on Thursday. And the guy came out. He's like, we have unbreakable windows. And they brought out a metal ball and threw it at the window and shattered the unshatterable window. <laughs> it was awesome. I wonder how it would look with lift, with the lift. Put a lift on that thing. I know. It looked pretty cool. Probably uh, give you less electric. Miles? I don't know. Gas miles? I don't That's what they do out here at all the trucks in the four corners. You put a lift on it. Yeah, sure. Sure. Put some lights underneath it. Yeah. Blue lights. <laughs> Let's keep going. I got a lot of people to thank. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Thank you, Miles Garrett, for reminding me again why I don't go shopping on Black Friday. <laughs> What was he thinking? Well done. Take, well his, done. Yeah, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, that sounded like Elvis just then. Um, yeah, 
I don't know why he would take off his helmet and try to beat somebody over the head with a helmet, but I don't know why people beat other people over the heads with TVs either. Um, Ooh, did you know my wife has never gone Black Friday shopping ever? He was telling us this earlier today. Yeah, I'm going to take her this coming Friday. All right, wear a helmet. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't taking it off. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. I, don't, I didn't think you were ready. Uh, I was ready. Okay. <laughs> I gotta be in the zone. I, I gotta know you're tracking with me. No! Okay, here we go. Ready? Thank you, Dave Ramsey. <laughs> For making me feel guilty about every Christmas gift that I just bought for my kids. <laughs> That's a lot of Christmas gifts right there. Damn it. That's not actually my house. That's an my... addiction. That is not Christmas. Yeah, that's not actually my house. That actually was a photo from an April Fool's joke that a wife played on her husband, which I think is really funny. She got all the boxes from the neighborhood, and then she put them in front of her house at April Fool's and punked her husband, and he totally bought it. It's really funny. <laughs> really funny. I got one more. I got one, one more. more. Okay. Okay, here we go. Thank you, turkey. Giving me another excuse for sleeping through Thanksgiving football other than watching the Broncos play. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Emmett Fowler with our thank you notes. <laughs> I will be honest. I'll be honest. I I'm a pretty grateful and thankful guy, but I don't know if I'm ever going to be as thankful or as grateful as the dog in this video. Check it out. Even when... somewhere buried in there. He's somewhere, somewhere buried in. All right, let's bring up the house lights one more time. We are challenged to be grateful. <laughs> he just keeps going. We are challenged to be grateful, thankful people who are intentional about giving thanks. And as we head into Thanksgiving, as we wrap up this whole series of all in, that's the kind of person that I want to be and the kind of person that I want to challenge you to be. The Bible is full of verses that challenge us to be people who intentionally give thanks. Look at some of these verses about Thanksgiving in the Bible. First Chronicles 16.34 says this. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. There's an intentional word there, two, or two words. Give thanks. That, that's action that we're challenged to do. Look at Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Again, we're challenged to give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5.16-18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We are called to be people who are grateful and thankful, regardless of whatever's taking on or going on around us. We are called to be people who give thanks. Now, I'll be honest with you, sometimes that's hard. 
Sometimes it's difficult. I came across a photo recently of a guy that crashed his golf cart. Check out this picture. It's hard to give thanks when you just wrecked your golf cart. <laughs> when you're in the ditch, whether literally or, or metaphorically in life, when you're in the ditch, it's hard to give thanks. I came across another photo of a guy who, who drove through a hailstorm. That's his sunroof with all the hail inside the sunroof. Hard to give thanks when your sunroof just got impaled with, with hail like that. Uh, it's hard to give thanks if your name is Abby. Look at this next photo. Abby, <laughs> Abby you, need to, you need to show up for work, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> if you work for that Dairy Queen or whoever that boss is, it's hard to give thanks, or perhaps for the boss, it's hard to give thanks for Abby if she doesn't ever show up to work when you put in, need to put a sign outside. I got one more photo. It's hard to give thanks if you are the parents of these kids, or if that happens to be your car, or both. If that's your car and those are your kids, it's hard to be thankful and it's hard to be grateful in some circumstances. But the flip side is that we become people who are complaining, and we don't want to be people who complain either. Look at what William Ward says about complaining. He says, a complaining tongue reveals an ungrateful heart. A complaining tongue reveals an ungrateful heart. We don't want to be people who complain. We want to be people who are grateful, who are thankful, who intentionally give thanks. So the question is, how do you do that? So far in this series, as we've been tracking in this All In series, we've been kind of laying a foundation that sets us up for people, for becoming people who are grateful. Uh, at the very beginning of this series, I challenged you. I said, this is a series that I would encourage you to be all in for. And I challenge people to show up all four weeks of this entire series. So aside from today, by a raise of hands, who here has been to at least one other sermon in this all-in series. Has anybody been to at least one other? Okay. Keep your hand up if you've been to at least two of the series of sermons aside from today. Okay. Keep your hand up if you've been here for all three leading up to this week. Okay. Good. Uh, statistics show that the average person in 2019 will attend church once out of every three weeks. So if you raised your hand at all just now, you are above average, and uh, good job for you. So, so if you missed anything, however, if you missed any sermons in the last couple of weeks, let me get you caught up to speed, because today is foundational based on the other, the other three weeks we've been to, so we've been through already. So week one, what we started off with was when Jesus says uh, in Revelation, he's speaking to the church. Here's what he says in Revelation 3. Jesus says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you were lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Jesus says, hey, be all in or be all out. You pick. Don't ride the fence. Don't be somewhere in between. Don't be lukewarm. Be in or be out. But as we continued discovering through the series, he really has a secret ambition. His secret desire is for us to be all in. That's what he says in Matthew 22, 37. Jesus says this. He says, love the Lord your God with what? All your heart. With what? All your soul. And with what? All your mind. He wants us to have the choice. Be all in or be all out. But he's really saying, I hope you choose to be all in. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's a refresher for last week. Uh, those who are all in trust God regardless of what's happening all around. Once again, those who are all in trust God regardless of what's happening all around. We see this in the story of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Here are these three teenage boys. They, they're, they're following the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, I got a 90-foot statue. And everybody throughout Babylon is required to bow down. When they hear the music play, bow down and worship the statue. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we're not going to do that, king. We're not going to bow down. We, we honor God. We serve God. So King Nebuchadnezzar brings them forward and says, look, you bow down to my statue. Or, I throw you into the fiery furnace. And they have the choice. And here's what they said. Daniel chapter 3. Here's what those boys said. They said, God will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, we will not serve your gods or, or worship the golden image that you have set up. Here's what those three teenage boys are saying. 
We are all in for God, period. No matter our circumstances, no matter the threats, no matter whether it's a good day or it's a bad day, we are all in. And when we have the trust and the confidence, God can get us out of the situation that we're in. But even if not, we are still all in for God. People who are all in for God, they trust God regardless of what's going on around them. They trust God. They're all in for God no matter what. That's what we talked about in week one of this series. Week two, we picked up where we left off. And in week two, we, we began talking about, well, how is it that people can be all in during the darkest moments of their lives. It's easy to be all in for God during, during good times, when things are good. But when things are bad, how do you be all in for God during those times? We looked at David and what he said in Psalm 23. He says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, God. Even in our darkest moments of life, God is right there beside us. He's right there walking through us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He's right there with us. If you're taking notes, you can write this down as a refresher from two weeks ago. Those who are all in with God trust that he's all in with them. People who are all in with God, they believe he's right there with them, walking right beside them no matter what comes their direction, good days and also in the bad days. That's what we talked about two weeks ago in week two of this, this series. Then it picked up where we left off last Sunday in week three. And, and we we're talking about how some people wander away from their faith from God. They start losing trust in God, perhaps because of bad days, but also perhaps because they, they find another God through their money, through their stuff. They wind up treasuring their treasure more so than God. But look, look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Whatever you're treasuring is where your heart's going to be, your devotion, your adoration. Whatever you're treasuring, whatever you're storing up in your heart, Jesus is making the point, don't store up stuff. Don't treasure your treasure. Don't, don't fall in love with that stuff. Don't value that stuff. Don't pursue that stuff. Don't focus on that stuff more than you do your relationship with God. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 24. He says, nobody can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and, and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't have two masters. And again, Jesus says, pick one. Be all in or be all out. Don't be lukewarm, one or the other, but please don't worship money. Don't love money. Don't make that the God of your life. Choose to be all in for me instead of your stuff. This last Wednesday, I was so thankful because, uh, because we had a lot of people that chose to be all in. They chose to, to take that point that we shared last week. And again, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Those who are all in prove they, they love nothing more than God. There's nothing in your life that you love more than God. So this last Wednesday, we challenged people to show up here. And we said, hey, we have a, a financial peace crash course. And, and in my board meeting a few weeks ago, the, the board and I were discussing this financial peace crash course. And we were like, man, how many people could show up to this? And we're thinking maybe, I don't know, 50, maybe 100. And so in our board meeting, I was like, hey, let's pray for a big number. Let's, let's pray that 300 people show up to this. And I was thinking maybe 50 or 100 might actually. But let's, let's go for the God-sized goal. Then this last Wednesday... When we were standing backstage watching people come in, we, we had a total of 360 people show up to our financial peace crash course. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Look at all those people. 360 people. And I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful for those people who came here. But for those of you who decided to come and invest your time and take that step in your journey and try to honor God, try to honor God with your finances, I, I want to tell you this as a warning. The enemy wants to do anything he possibly can to stop you from following God. 
He wants to trick you. He wants to deceive you. He wants to blind you. He wants to do anything he can to get you to not follow after God. Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.4. He says, The God of this age, referring to the enemy, referring to Satan, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Not just unbelievers, but believers as well. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The enemy is going to do anything he possibly can to get get you to stop in your tracks to get you where you're not following after God, that you're not trusting God, you're not obedient to God, you're not taking steps towards God. He wants to trick you or deceive you or blind you. This last Wednesday, when we had this financial peace crash course, like I said, I was standing backstage, hundreds of people come, are coming in, they're flowing in, and, and I high-five, I'm, I'm talking to Brad Salzman backstage, our CFO, and I high-five, and I'm like, look, look, look at all these people, over 300 people showing up. And then I said a comment that I probably never should have said. I said, wouldn't it be crazy for this live stream if our internet went down? <laughs> I kid you not, five seconds later, the internet goes down. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, does the enemy just have like little, little trolls following me around? Like, let's listen to what Matt's saying so we can mess up everything he's, he's talking about and mess up God's plans and mess up the congregational plans. Five seconds later from when I said that comment, the internet goes down. So I go backstage to our media room and I'm back there. We have two different computers that, that broadcast the screen and videos up here. One of them is the main computer. It's connected to this whole projector. Just in case that computer goes down, we have a backup computer as, as uh, another one that we can connect to the screen. Both of those computers were frozen. They were locked. Neither one of them. We couldn't get them either to, to display anything. Uh, so we're like, well, what do we do? We, we have no internet. We have no computer to be able to plug into our screen. So I run backstage on this other side where my office is. I get my laptop. I open up my laptop. I'm like, please don't be frozen. Please don't, please don't be frozen. I know Disney wants everything to be frozen too right now, but please don't be frozen. <laughs> I open it up. It's not frozen. I'm like, yay, it's not frozen. So, so I bring my laptop out on stage. We plug my laptop into a projector because we can't access this projector. So you take another projector, we put it on a table out here, plug my laptop into the projector. We get that working, but the internet still doesn't work. So thankfully, there was somebody in the audience. She was like, I have a Wi-Fi hotspot on her phone. So she brings her phone up. We connect her phone to my, my laptop. Finally, we get internet working on a non-frozen computer. We get it live, and I kid you not, as soon as we go live, the internet in South Carolina, where they're broadcasting from their side goes down. And I'm like, what is happening right now? For those of you who are here, you know that finally, eventually, they got it up and running. And right in that split second when they got it back up and running, the speaker who happened to be live in South Carolina, he, he comes onto the screen, he says, this is a load of crap. <laughs> Which normally I wouldn't say in a church, but that's what he said. So we all, we were like, we agree, this is a load. This is, this is not okay. We went through the whole training. We went through a couple hours of, of Dave Ramsey and financial peace. And afterwards... Everybody's leaving. Everybody's taken off. And so we call our IT company because we have an IT company that, that is connected into this whole system. And this IT company can look at our Wi-Fi, can look at our internet, can look at all the stuff. And, and by looking at it, they can tell us where our problems are, where things are going in, where things are going out. So we contacted them and said, hey, what was going on with our internet? And they said, they said this, they're like, Matt, we couldn't find a single problem. There's nothing going on. There's, there's no problems with your Wi-Fi, no problems with your computers. We can see your system. Nothing is taking place. Really? Because something was happening. Perhaps here's, here's what was perhaps happening, Ephesians 6.12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, 
Were we being hijacked from Satan? I don't know. All I know is that the enemy wants to do everything he possibly can to get you to stop in your tracks, to not be obedient, to not follow God, to not hear the message of the good news, to not honor him with your finances. He's going to do everything he possibly can to stop you from being all in for God. Now, for those of you who came on Wednesday, we gave the challenge and said, okay, this is the appetizer. This whole crash course is the appetizer to the main thing. The main event is January 21st. We have a Financial Peace University. It's a nine-week course that we're challenging people to go through. And we've actually negotiated a deal for you. Even if you weren't there on Wednesday, you can still get this deal. For $99, you can be part of this this full nine-week course for Financial Peace University. Now, what this course does for you is it kind of trains you and equips you for how to be somebody who is honoring God with your finances. We're not just supporting financial peace. It just so happens that Dave Ramsey and his team are supporting God's word. We want you to honor God's word, trust God's word, follow God's word. So if you go on to financialpeaceuniversity.com and you try to sign up for it, it's going to be $129, but we've negotiated a better rate for you at 99 bucks. So to get that, you can send a text message to 505-412-4880. Again, 505-412-480 with a message of FPU. You get an automatic link that comes back. You click that link, and you will get access to our, our special rate of $99 starting on January 21st of 2020. Now, in addition to that, not only have we negotiated a better rate for you, in addition to the $99 rate, we as a church, we're also offering a 110% money-back guarantee. And what do I mean by 110%? What I mean by that is if you go through all nine weeks of this Financial Peace University and you felt like it wasn't worth my time, it wasn't worth your investment, it wasn't worth the 99 bucks, we'll write you a check back. We'll refund your entire $99. In addition to that, here's where the extra 10% comes, you can keep all the stuff. Keep the, the app, keep the books, keep the supplies, keep all the stuff that goes with it. In fact, you're actually a lifetime member at that point. Keep all of that. We'll still give you a refund. Why would we be willing to do that? Because we believe that when you choose to be all in, God will honor you. That your life will be better. So much to the point where I'm willing to offer you a guarantee with it. So if you haven't yet signed up, but you'd want to, I would encourage you to send a text message. 505-412-480 with the message of FPU. Because I want every one of us to be all in. We are benefited when we are all in. And we see this as we continue on in this message this morning. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Look at what Paul says. He says, God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has made light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Now, that's a lot of meat in one verse. So let me read it again because I want you to track with me. God, who said, let light shine out of darkness. Remember in Genesis, let there be light. That's what God said in the very beginning. God said, let light shine out of darkness, has made his light shine where? In our hearts. To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. When we make room in our hearts for God, and, and it, our love and our devotion is not attached to stuff or a car or a new Tesla truck or our finances or whatever's in our bank account. When we make room in our hearts, God says that the light of the Lord comes into our hearts. Look at verse 7. Paul says, we have this treasure. Again, that word treasure is the same word that Jesus used back in Matthew 6.21. For where our treasure is, there will be your heart also. Same word in the Greek here. For we have this treasure. What's the treasure he's referring to? It's the light of the Lord. It's the message of the gospel. It's God living in us. For we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. 
Paul refers to us as jars of clay. What in, the, what in the world does that mean? What's he referring to? Well, back thousands of years ago, the artisans, the artists, the potters, they would get they would get a little moldable thing of clay, a little lump of clay, and they would put it on a potter's wheel, and they would begin to make a pot or a vase or a jar. And they would, they would handcraft it, and every pot looked a little bit different, but they all had the same pur- purpose, and the purpose was to hold something. So they would, they would make this vase, this jar, then they would decorate it, they would paint it, they would glaze it, they'd stick it in an oven, they'd bake it, and it would harden it, and then they would come, it'd come out, and they would put water in it or liquid, or sometimes they'd put important things inside these jars. In fact, it was 1946 in the country of Jordan, in some of these back uh, cave areas, they found what we refer to as the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls were these scrolls of original manuscripts of the Bible, but they're all hidden within jars of clay. Now, Paul refers to us as jars of clay. Why? I think he's making this reference saying, hey, we are all designed by the same master artist. We are all crafted. We all look different because it's, we're handmade by the master designer. But we all have the same purpose. What's the same purpose? To hold treasure as a jar of clay. What's the, the treasure? The treasure is the light of the Lord. The message of the gospel. We're all designed. We all look different. But we all have the same purpose of holding treasure in our hearts. And if we do have God in our hearts living inside us, look at what happens next. Verse verse, uh, 8. 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Paul says this. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We perhaps are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. When you've got God living in you, and come hell or high water, whatever is happening, around you, it's going to be okay. Why? Because the master designer of life is living inside you. That's beneficial to you. He continues on in verse 10. He says, we also carry around the body of the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. God is living in us and through us. And when we allow that to take place, our life is better for it. When we say, we're all in for you, God, he says, okay, I'm all in back. I'm going to be in your heart, the light of the Lord, the message of the gospel, the hope, the joy, the contentment, all that is going to be in you. And even if you feel like you're struck down, you're not going to be because I am inside you. Not only is this beneficial to to you and to I, but it's beneficial to other people around us who are observing and watching that. Look at what Paul says in verse 15. He says, all this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people. Let me stop there for a second. All this is for our benefit. That when we have God in our lives, it's beneficial to us for sure. But it reaches more and more people. When you allow God to live in you and through you, you're impacting more and more and more and more and more people. The message of the gospel is getting out to more and more and more people. The light of the Lord inside you is getting out to more and more and more people. More and more people are reached. And when you see your life impacting the lives of others, when you see that God has a purpose for your life, and all these people, your friends, your neighbors, your family members, your coworkers, when all these people begin to be impacted by the light that's inside you that is from the Lord, all of a sudden something happens in response. Not only are you benefited. They're they're being benefited as well. You're reaching more and more people. But look at the other half of this verse. When you're reaching more and more people, what happens is that it causes thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. That's what's flowing out of you. 
When, when you tie this whole series together, when you tie everything together, what we're looking at is when people, people say, okay, if I'm all in for God, I'm going to be all in for him no matter what. Good days and bad days. And on the bad days, I'm going to trust that God is right there alongside with me, which is why I don't want to have another God in my life. I'm not going to allow money or my stuff or my possessions to be the God in my life. I'm not going to love that more than God. I'm going to love God more. I'm going to allow him to occupy space in my heart. I'm going to be all in for God with my heart. The light of the Lord is going to not only impact me and benefit me, but it's going to benefit other people around me. And when it does, my heart is going to overflow with thanksgiving. That's what's amazing is that when we are all in, the natural response is that we are overflowing with gratitude. We said at the very beginning, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Is Thanksgiving all about just checking the box saying I'm required as a Christian to be somebody who gives thanks? Or is it a natural response to what God has done in you and through you? Here's my question for you. Are you overflowing with thanksgiving? Or is it an obligation? I have to give thanks because it's what we're supposed to do. Got to say thanks because it's what we do before we pray, before dinner. Is there an, an overflow of gratitude and thankfulness and thanksgiving in your life? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. My final point this morning is this. Those who are all in overflow with thanksgiving. Those who are all in overflow with thanksgiving. Not because they have to, but because it's a natural response when God is living in you and through you. So throughout this entire series of All In, every week we've been challenging you, be all in, be all in, be, push all your chips in. But I'll be honest with you, there's some people here this morning, and if you're honest, you're like, I'm already all in. I've already pushed all my chips in, and I'm thankful for you, and I'm grateful for that. But there, there's on the other side of the spectrum other people who are thinking, you know, I'm not yet there, but I want to be. I'm not quite there yet with everything because i got a lot of stuff that I haven't been honoring God with and I haven't been following God, but I want to take a step in the right direction. That, that's what I was so thankful for with 360 people showing up this last Wednesday. Perhaps their finances are still in a disarray. Perhaps people still have thousands of dollars of debt, but at least they took a step in the right direction. And I think God is honored by that. I think he's pleased when his children say, okay, I want to be all in, so I'm going to take the first step. Sometimes it's hard to push everything in your life because you're like, I don't even know where to begin. But if you're willing to take one step forward, I think that's pleasing. And I think that's honoring to our Heavenly Father. So my challenge to you through this entire series is to choose to be all in, be all in, be all in. But perhaps there's so much on your plate, you're like, I don't know where to begin. Take one step the right direction. Here's the four main points throughout this entire series. The four main points are this. Perhaps there's a step you can take that relate to these points. Those who are all in, trust God regardless of what's happening all around. Those who are all in with God, trust he's all in with them. Those who are all in prove they love nothing more than God. And the last point from this morning, those who are all in overflow with thanksgiving. Is there one step you can take in the right direction? One thing you can do to say, okay, I have the desire to be all in. God, lead me. Guide me. I want to take a step.